Beautiful Wednesday afternoon, no clouds in view, um, except for a few fashion lab clouds today bearing some really interesting vibe. <laughs> so uh, my name is Lisa Gumba Regisford with a fabulous fashion lab team in studio. Uh, joining us is my co-host, Mawik Pearson. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. And uh, the lovely in-house trend analyst, Kayla Stambul. Good afternoon, fabulous fabsters. <laughs> so for those of you who may be tuning into fashion lab for the first time, this is the first fashion business talk radio show in Africa, I would want to say, and beyond. And uh, we have taken it upon ourselves to dissect the business behind fashion so we can grow, we can develop, we can network, we can connect and make this uh, fashion thing a real business affair. Morik, you look so fabulous today in this beautiful brown. Is that a burnt orange? <laughs> no, it's 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 a brown jacket, and I just put on some new buttons. It's actually a jacket that has been passed down and um, generational. Um, but thank you, Liz. You ladies look amazing, phenomenal. I don't know. You have your little dresses going on, and yeah, I am in my hot winter <laughs> jacket and pants. <laughs> But a very good afternoon to all our listeners and to our fabulous um, Fab Stars. Um, this is the show where we really bring the whole industry together. And as Liz has said, we dissect and we really go in. It's it's a lab. It's a lab. Um, that's that's all I'm going to say for today. It's a lab. Um, I've been told not to speak too much today, <laughs> Liz. <laughs> Uh, so just a little bit more about Fashion Lab. Uh, this is not where you're going to get who wore what, who wore it better, worst dressed listener. No, no, that's not what this show is about. We are here for business. We are open for business. We are be- we are the fashion business. As we said, this is the show that dissects the business behind fashion. <laughs> so they had to say it again and again and again, but that's fine. I think that definitely the point is out. It's clear. Um, it's interesting to know what's been going on um Mm-hmm. This week, Kayla. So, <laughs> Liz, I read um, the most interesting thing. It was about Michael Kors. And the headline said, Michael Kors made one mistake that undermined his business. Okay. So, just a little bit background info for you guys. Um, the company enjoyed a mass, an impressive rise in popularity in recent years thanks to its trendy handbags and watches. But the growth has, slow, has been slowing down a lot later. It, um, the shares are down by 34% in the past year. And they're saying the main reason for this is because of rapid expansion. So um, the brand is available in over 4,000 locations now. Um, boutiques, department stores, discount outlets. And basically what they are saying in this article is, is that here, Michael cause has his finger in every single pie so he's high end and then he's middle and then he's lower and then he's discount so it's becoming very difficult to distinguish which What's is which which i think that a lot of brands tend to make that mistake i know that juicy couture went in the same direction as well where they kind of like put their name onto every single thing that diluted their brand like it's good for profit in the beginning but for um for the future, it just it doesn't work. What do you guys think about brands expanding I, rapidly? I think once you, especially in the USA, once you go mass and you want to go into, for example, Saks Fifth and you know TJ Maxx, all these bigger companies, I think at, at a point everyone loses um, 
um, brand identity. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, how do you go from? How do you distinguish who you are as a designer now? If you're making discounted clothing, if you couture, if you Liz hates that word, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, where do you put yourself? So, obviously, sales are gonna drop because it's confusing to everyone. Where are you? Are you a high-end designer? Are you a runway designer? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, Lizzie. Please. I think. Um, as a designer too, I'm struggling with that. And as much as more what you say is obvious, I don't think it's obvious. I think what happens is as a designer, like a lot of other designers, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're visible. You want to make sure that you, whatever offer you can get, wherever, whichever space you can be visible in, you want to take that because yeah. it's the game is the industry is so hard. I mean, mm-hmm. so I think it's also, I think that's just a learning for me. I will take that as a learning curve mm-hmm. and just say, it's interesting to know that even though you're hustling, you can still find ways to conserve your brand mm. and to still keep it locked in yeah. a way that people remember you for, even if it's one thing, mm-hmm. for your signature hemlines yes. or for your well-tailored jackets or for your, without really spreading the fingers. So I think it's a very... It's, it's, a, it's, it's something, hard. It's hard because yeah. you want to grow. Yeah. But what and, is he known for when it comes to... His brand. I mean, the the article went further on to saying that Michael Kors is considered an aspirational brand with consumers paying a premium label. And they said once everyone has a product, it is no longer considered to be cool, which is true. We we all know that. I mean, how many fad products have come up and everyone loves it. But once you see it on every second person walking down the street, you do not want to be associated with that kind of thing. Hmm. Very true. I mean, if you can get like a pair, a bag, for example, at TJ Maxx, this is now in the USA retailer, for $10, I mean, do you, is it still? <laughs> is but it but still? TJ Maxx is, is a different, don't try, try Macy's, because TJ Maxx obviously, obviously take the brands that didn't sell and bring them into the But their your space. brand is still and in the, there. Okay. Your brand is still in there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> your brand is still in there, my dearest But Lizzie. my question is, mm-hmm. would you want your brand to be sitting hanging in the air because you have loose stock that's just hanging or would you want to also maximize on that loose stock so you really really sell out but if i think don't become too desperate mm-hmm. i'm sorry that's to true. say don't become too desperate and you know as keller as the article has said now you're all over mm-hmm. you know so now people also don't know uh, do i pay for the same ten dollar bag and then i go to a michael Kors um, um store and then i pay 200 yeah it's true i mean because if you look at let's take um vuitton louis vuitton uh, as an example you're not going to find a Louis Vuitton bag for $100. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you'll find a Michael Kors bag for $100 and then you'll find a Michael Kors bag for $1,000 and $5,000. It it doesn't make sense. How? Yeah. how? <laughs> <laughs> I want to just flip this quickly on a lighter note. Has any of you watched Good Work? Anyone? No, no. I, I, I've seen a little preview, but I was very confused. Do you know what, Liz? As it is what... Me yeah. too, because I thought that it was kind of like a uh, like botched in a bit. So I was just like, oh, not another show in plastic surgery. I'm not doing this. So please just... Enlighten us a little bit. Well, um, all I'm trying to say is when we're done with the show, since it's lunchtime, we could do something <laughs> like similar to what they're doing on the good work. So apparently the new thing now is for people who don't want to, who don't want to gain weight. You don't want to like eat me, so like much. Me, like me, yeah. You just go into the clinic and ask them for, um, a little bit of vitamin B, a bit of the vitamin C, whatever else you didn't have this week. 
And they just put it through the UV into your little arms and then you leave and your lunch is over. So that's one of the really interesting but strange um, fads going on in Hollywood now. So like lunch in a needle. Yes. Lunch in a needle. You don't have to pay. You don't have to tip the waiter. You don't have to wait. You don't have to complain about the ketchup and the and the spices that but were too. There's that no. Is ridiculous. It's, very, it's, a, it's a two minute affair. That's and ridiculous because I'm, sh- I'm a foodie. I love eating food and I enjoy eating good food. So I cannot imagine. Like just injecting like, oh, okay, guys. Had so lunch just imagine the, the folks that's in the fashion industry. I think yeah. everyone, I'm, I'm sure the appointment to get into there. But anyway, Liz, we have an Let's amazing lineup. <laughs> Let's go straight. Please. Because, you know, we can, we can do this. We can go on and on and on. But today on the show, we are dissecting a very important topic again around what we are doing to market and sell African fashion brands into the global channels or the global markets. And joining us are some really, really cool guests. Um, we've got, we're joined now by Sam Mensa, uh, for people who don't know, he's the founder of Kisua. We will also be joined shortly by the trend analyst, um, amazing Nicola Cooper and also Michael Wentwick. So I think let's just get into studio. Sam, a very good afternoon to you. Yeah. Good afternoon, <laughs> Sam. How are you good. doing, sir? Very good, very good. good Great to be good. here. Great to be here. Welcome to the yeah. studio. I love Moik's hair. <laughs> very, Thank very you. cool. I feel like Moik's hair just steals the show every single time. Like Liz and I are just out here trying to look fab, and then people come like, wow, Mo, your hair. And I'm like, hi, we're here too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you. <laughs> Sam, welcome to the show. Tell us a bit about Kisua, the model and, you know, some of the work that you're doing with Kisua and some of the designers that you're also carrying with you on that platform. Yeah, so Kisua came about, Kisua is like my love child. Um, Kisua came about really quite by accident. I was traveling in Africa and would buy fr- uh, gifts for my friends and I'd buy African fashion and African art products. And uh, and people started offering me money because they'd see something I had bought for Liz or something I had bought for Moe. And they like, hey, next time you're going to Senegal or next time you're going to Kenya, can you get me this or get me that dress or that top or that, you know, painting by that artist? And I thought to myself, hang on a minute, people want this stuff. Um, so why aren't they, why aren't they able to get it easily? And that's how, you know, my flirtation with uh, with African fashion started, which ultimately led to the birth of Kisua, the love child. Oh. Fantastic. Very um, interesting. <laughs> wow. Welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here. What role is Kisua playing in the African fashion marketplace and what sets Kisua apart from other online platforms that market and sell African fashion to the rest of the world? So um, our mission is, because you know, my, my business, my, my background is really uh, more in business than actually in fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what we do at Kisuba is really make sure that, yes, um, it, it's important to have beautiful product and we have great African fashion. We work with designers from across the African continent. But what usually lets African fashion down is not the creativity, it's not the beauty of the designs, it's not the inspiration behind the product. Very true. Uh, if you look at uh, major brands like Louis Vuitton and Burberry and many, many others have done African-inspired collections. So there's something to be said for you know what I call cultural assets. Africa is really rich, not just in minerals, but we've got different languages, different cultures, and each culture has their fabrics and their colors and their way of weaving um, and, and silhouettes. So, so there's just so much content there um, that can be modernized for the, mon- the modern woman or the modern, modern gentleman. 
but that's not the problem. The problem where African fashion tends to uh, tend to struggle is on the business side. You know, mm-hmm. how do you service an order in in Australia or in Austria yeah. or in Utah? That's that's the challenge, um, and that's what you know. We that's the problem we've been solving at Kisua. Uh, is really our brand promise is you know beautiful African garments delivered to your doorstep anywhere in the world. Wow, Sam, I think it's 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 very interesting that you know you mentioned and we spoke about this yesterday that you know you actually more on the business. Mm. You know, you were never you you didn't go to fashion school. Or, you know, you weren't trained, but you understand the business aspect, you know, of fashion. And the platform that um, you have said is absolutely phenomenal. And, um, you know, I look up to you and I'm like, you know, if, if Sam can do it <laughs> and I can learn from it, so can many others. Um, others. But, um, Sam, based on Kisua model, is there hope for being, um, sorry, for big profit through selling African fashion in the global market space? So, um, do you, can you name one international African fashion brand? Mm. Wow. Lizzo Goomba. Lizzo Goomba. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, now, 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 if I ask you to name an international African musician. Lizzo Goomba. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not going to lie, Sam. I am so bad, and I do apologize. All right, I, I'm Kayla, so bad. I, what about you? An African... Mu- music, yeah. Um, That's gone international that you see on MTV that, you know, the guy in the street in London or New York will know about. Debange. Debange. Yeah. Yeah. Debange. It was on my tongue. Squared. Mary Makeba. Yeah. Hugh Masekela. But that's not the case with fashion. Mm. Yeah. And the reason that's not the case with fashion is that the fashion product is a little more difficult. You know, with music, the artist doesn't have to worry about distribution and shipping and import duties and taxes. Mm. So the product, by its very nature in fashion, makes the whole process, the whole value chain, a lot more complicated. And that's why, you know, African fashion, although we have great talent Mm. on the continent, that's why... You know, we don't have African fashion brands that are household names because Very we haven't true. we haven't quite cracked that, mm. um, and that's where we need to get to. Where you know, like the way we're talking about Michael Kors and everybody anywhere in the world knows who Michael Kors is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully we get to a point where we talk about Lizzo Gumbo and people in uh, and people in, uh, in 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 Beijing. A Chinese guy on the streets of Beijing will know who Lizzo Gumbo is. That's yeah. that's where we need to get African fashion. To. Mm. Could you tell me real quick, uh, Sam, as we're talking, we just, I just realized we didn't even ask, and we obviously have someone who's also interested in knowing, one of our listeners, what does Kisua actually mean? So Kisua is, a, um, is from a dialect of Swahili, it's coastal Swahili, and mm. it means well-dressed person. Mm. Like me, <laughs> Mo. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I speak Swahili, but I'm still thinking, hmm, Kisua. Okay. And it also means covering in Arabic. Oh, Okay. You know, Sam, I love the analogy that you made about the artist and about designers because I was just reading when we were discussing earlier that I read an article on putting Africa on the fashion map and it stated that the African fashion industry is worth $31 billion and but it's big in Africa, but it is so small to the rest of the world. So it's so good for um, brands like Kisua to try and get African designers to 
to, for the world to know African designers because like you said, it's not like a musician. We have, Liz and I had discussed so many times how expensive it is to, um, to import, to export products. Mm. So it's like you be selling something for $60, but then to, shipping. to shipping, it's $120. How does, how does that even make sense? So, you know, it's, it's really a challenge and we're so grateful that there are places like Yusua that help designers kind of bridge, um, um, that gap. Yeah, and and it can absolutely be done. Um, I mean, there are big designers today from Japan, for example, Kenzo Izumiyake, who once upon a time were tiny brands out of their country, and they've managed to become international brands. So I don't see any reason mm. why Africa can't repeat the same. We just, uh, you know, we just need to be committed to the cause and um, and make sure that. Uh, we attract the right level of investment because ultimately that's what it boils down to, you know. Um, it's about having the right team, putting the right amount of money behind it and, and making it happen. So, Sam, when it comes to, because um, on speak, you know, on the import and export um, topic that we are now, um, so, for example, if I come into your website and I want to buy, for example, a jacket mm-hmm. um, and I am in... Um, the USA or anywhere on, on the globe. How does that work? Am I going to pay my own um, import? Um, how does that work? Okay, so that's a great question. Um, and this is this is one of the fundamental challenges that uh, you know Liz and, uh, and Kyla were talking about earlier about <clears throat> shipping products from Africa. So we generally don't do that. Yeah. So we don't ship when you place an order. If you are in Florida, yeah, uh, we're not shipping from Johannesburg to yeah. Florida. It makes the economics of the sale um, unviable. Okay. So, so what we actually have is we have distribution centers near our customers. Excellent. So wow. we have a distribution center in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and we have a distribution center in the U.K. and one here in South Africa. So when you order from Europe or the U.K., we deliver from a distribution center in the U.K. Wow. It's the product's already sitting there mm. waiting for you to order. If you order any, anywhere in the U.S., we ship it out of the distribution center in the U.S., and you get it within 24, 48 hours max. That is excellent. That is. And wow. I, to, to me, again, mm. I say that is the way forward because, really, it's so ridiculous. And I was saying it yesterday like a joke that even for all of us who want to grow as designers, we set up our little online shops. We did this. We yeah. did that. But then we ended up – I had ended up spending half the time refunding because – when someone buys a jacket mm-hmm. and they buy it and they have to pay, they buy it for eighty dollars and they have to pay a hundred and fifty dollars for shipping. Are you kidding me? Like seriously? Mm. They say, please, you're joking. Re- refund, please. So that is not. It's not. It doesn't make sense. But obviously, like I said, the reason we are here with you in studio today is because as we dissect the business behind fashion with hope of getting the market to really grow from a business perspective, models like Kisua would definitely. Would, is, is a game changer because you're no longer shipping. Why would you be shipping, sending the blouse, $60 blouse to the U.S.? Uh, who's paying for that shipping? And where mm. is the business sense of that whole transaction? So anyway, it's really nice. For those of you who are tuning in right now, this is the Fashion Lab show on Cliff Central, holding it down on a Wednesday afternoon <laughs> <laughs> with Sam Kisua. I mean, with Sam Mensa from Kisua. And uh, we'll be joined by Nicola Cooper shortly in a few minutes uh, as we continue to dissect the business behind fashion. Keep it locked. Fasten your seatbelts. We'll be right back. Let's do oh. this. Hi, Dave from A1 Builders in Pretoria. Yeah. It's Dan. I found your number on the internet, and I need you to build me a room, the purpose of which I cannot disclose. What? Fine. It's a sunroom. Can you start immediately? It's 4 a.m. I'm sure it's 4 a.m. somewhere, Dave, but here in SA, 
It's 10. You mean USA. There's more than one Pretoria out there. For the quickest and most efficient way to find what you're looking for, start your search with yellowpages.co.za or download the app. Yellow Pages. For local, reliable results. Keeping it real. On cliffcentral.com. If you have just tuned in, this is the Fashion Lab. I am one of your co-hosts, Moik Peterson. This is an amazing, amazing platform. We have amazing guests with us um, in studio. We have um, Sam. Um, he is from Kisua and he is the founder and CEO of an online storm, which which builds a platform for African designers. Um, and what an amazing concept. What an amazing concept. I think I've learned so much, um, you know, just about what he spoke about creating a hub in different countries. And as you grow bigger, I think it, it, it's just phenomenal. And a lot of us don't think like this, Sam. A lot of us don't think like this. But we're also joined in studio by an amazing, beautiful, she just stepped in. She looks absolutely on point. Um, Nicola Cooper. She was with that red hair. If, if you think my hair is stunning, you have to see. <laughs> you have to see Nicholas Kayla. Nicola, it's so amazing to have you in the studio. I was just chatting to Nicola earlier because um, Nicola actually taught me trend analysis. So oh, nice. Everything that I know comes from this lady right over here. She's absolutely brilliant at what she does. And I was just telling Liz and Mo yesterday. I feel like I had to. Go back to my notes and kind of read a little bit, just so that I can <laughs> yes, <laughs> just so that we on we on the same track. But Nicola, it's amazing to have you. Welcome to the Fashion Lab. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome, Nicola. Nicola, um, as a trend analyst, um, please share with us in more detail around your field of work and how it affects the business behind fashion. It's quite interesting that uh, trend analysis, I mean, the actual title ha- hasn't really been explained to our industry uh, quite enough that people do think that we sit around going, oh, my goodness, this color is so hot right now. Um, and it's really so far from it. It, it is deeply seeded in research and um, and then, of course, analytical and, and methodologies of research that allow us to pinpoint what is happening in terms of society at present and how that affects fashion, um, you know, how the economy affects fashion and um, be able to distill that information and pass it on to manufacturers and retailers in order for them to plan their upcoming seasons or, or sort of just the, the yearly planner. It's interesting you say that. And um, because we also have Sam Mensa from Kisua yes. um, in studio with us, he's about to be on his way out. But before he does, it'd be interesting to know what you as a trend analyst or what type of value you would be able to add to Kisua um, on their online platform. Because obviously this is the fashion industry and there's got to be a role that everybody play in. Do you... Do you know? Do you see? Absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of sort of there's been a misconstrued that um, trend analysis is just about fashion. Mm -hmm. However, um, trend analysis is analyzing many different facets of life that may affect business. Um, Specifically, if you're looking at e-commerce and going online, um, there are many sort of 
factors that are coming up in the next 10 years and, and various different platforms and engagements that could alter your business dramatically in the next two years. So um, in with regards to e-commerce and, and, and statistical facts like 2016, Africa is going to be the largest mobile uh, market in the world. It gives you insight into where your platform possibly could go or should go. So there's many different aspects that we apply uh, trend analysis that may affect the business of fashion and may not be talking about the actual garment itself. So Sam, sorry, do you have any trend analysts working with you guys? So yeah, so we have an internal design team and... um, and as part of our design team, as some of our design team have got exposure to trends, they've worked in uh, in trends before. We don't have a dedicated trends team, but uh, but we do try to keep abreast with you know trends, uh, both in fashion and as uh, Liz was. Uh, it happened to me last week too. Yeah, you know, new technologies, disruptive technologies, uh, changes in user behavior mm-hmm. um, in terms of adoption of different types of devices. All of these things affect us here. So, so yeah, absolutely. Trend is a very important part of what a fashion brand is. Thank you, Sam. I think just before you obviously leave us, because we are going to continue and we wanted to stay on with you, but we know that you really need to go. (laughs) Before you leave, could you, yes, could you just share with our listeners today where they can find uh, more information around Kisua for designers who would might be interested Interested. in also reaching out to you? Where can they find you? So you can go to Kisua.com and um, you can see what we do on Kisua.com. Um, as much as possible, we try to do much of most of our production in Africa. We also try to source a lot of our fabrics locally in Africa. So we've got some interesting documentaries in the about us section of Kisua, about our most recent collection. There's a Kisua collection on Ukes.com, which we're really proud of. Ukes is the largest um, luxury uh, online retailer in the world. They now own Net-A-Porter, so it's great mm-hmm. that... Uh, you know, Kisua is on Ukes and mm. having access to that international global market we were talking about. Uh, so Kisua.com, you can find a lot of information about us. And we've also got a pop-up store in Merrill's Arch. Oh, nice. So uh, you could swing by and uh, and come and check out some Kisua products there. We're right next to the Mac store um, in Merrill's Arch. Sam, before you go, just quickly, please, um, your surname. How do you pronounce your surname, your Man- last name? Mensa. Mensa. It's the easiest name to pronounce. No, because let me tell you. What part of Africa? No, let me tell you. Because my mom was reading on Sam and she said Samuel because we, um, we speak Afrikaans at home. So my mother said it's Samuel Mensa. And I said, no, it's not Mensa. In, in Afrikaans, Mensa is people. So I said, no, like, okay, can you not see the spelling? It's not Mensa. So that's the joke. That's the joke. But thank you. So I just wanted to make sure. So, so, so Mensa actually means third born son. Oh. So my great grandfather, it was his nickname actually. Somehow it became my surname. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Thank you so there much you for go. joining us, and we really <laughs> appreciate nice. your time. Thank and you. we do know that you are a very, very busy man. But thank you so much for joining thank us, right here on the Fashion Lab. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, <laughs> guys. Thank you. If you just tuned in, this is the Fashion Lab. I'm Kayla Stamble, and I'm in studio with co-host Liz Gumbo Regisford and Moe Peterson, and we've got Nicola Cooper in studio with us. Nicola? Yes. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Liz, 
this 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 freezing moments when everyone is I think everybody's so in a way because Sam is now leaving and we're looking at Sam and like Sam must Sam really go because this conversation is so amazing. Um Nicola, I just want I just want to ask when it comes to to trends and I know you do um a lot of freelance too. Yes. Um how is the trends what what's happening like trend wise on the African continent? Um it's it's very exciting for me because um I'm penultimately African, you yeah. know, and and I'm what you would refer to as an Afro optimist. I believe in Africa. Yeah. So um for me to to have been tracking these trends for for quite a number of years now, it seems that um all focus is on Africa at present. Yeah. Um from music to clothing to textile design to um building new IT hubs uh to workforces to all sorts of facets um africa is really a place where the rest of the world is looking and what's so fantastic about it is that um it's also a space that encourages an entrepreneurial spirit yeah so there's Things that have been done many times across the the rest of the world that haven't been done here mm-hmm. here, um, so it's allowing for sort of entrepreneurs and business executives to develop products that are u- uniquely African. Wow, it's interesting. But you've been privileged enough to travel. Have you traveled and worked in the continent? I have. Um, pre- I worked with the um, MTV base previously as an on-air producer. So I've I've done my time <laughs> in Africa <laughs> and and spent quite a substantial amount of time in Nigeria. So yes. So no 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 not really fashion work, but more uh, more lifestyle and and subcultural work, um, which is really the foundation for my fashion insights. Anyway. Okay. Very yeah. in- very interesting. Um, could you also just share with us a bit about um, your different hats because I, I realize that you obviously wear a lot of different hats. So besides yes. uh, besides being a trend analyst, what else are you uh, well, I'm working on? A trend analyst is really what I do. Um, as part of being a trend analyst, um, uh, the process of, of a- analysis or specifically my specialization is a form of uh, what we refer to in the trend world is glocalization. And glocalization is a trend term. I did not make it up. It's a really random word. Um, in essence means interpreting international trends for a local market, interpreting local trends for a local market, and then interpreting international trend, a local trends for an international market. And uh, what I'm starting to see more and more is, um, local manufacturers and retailers coming to me with their international trend reports and me looking at it from an African perspective and identifying innovators and influencers and whether or not this trend would actually be adopted because we're not in New York and we're not in London and we're not in Australia. So, um, my area of speciality, and I'm really fortunate enough to say that I'm the only one <laughs> in the country at present, um, because I come from a su- substantial background of understanding African subcultures, countercultures, youth cultures, and I'm um, able to apply that knowledge in whether a trend is going to work or not within the country. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, you know what? I, I, I think, um, Nicholas, sorry, I find it so interesting because 
most of the time, you know, we adopt westernized yes. um, clothing, and you know, after two years, then it comes um, right back to us. I mean, when are we gonna? Like you said, Africa's ready to give yes. birth. You know, yeah. we at that point. So when are we gonna adopt? And where we can really say that this is our trend, not just as South Africa, but as Africa. We're actually already doing that. Um, what uh, I've been doing for the past sort of year is I mentor a group of young individuals um, called Kumbula. And mm-hmm. um, Kumbula really picked up on the sartorial uh, trend, which is kind of influenced by Art Comes First from New York and Brooklyn Circus. But what it did is it did a full kind of uh, 360. It actually started in the Congo okay. with Le Sapeurs, um, you know, and the idea of the Sapeurs being the gentleman of the Bakongo and a specific style of dress. It then filtered down into South Africa with the Swankers in the mines and then really went into the 1950s um, Sapphire Town kind of look and then got reappropriated overseas as, as the dandy. And then, of course, um, what we've seen now is younger generations, such as the Sartists or Kumbula, have started adopting it in a very similar way to why it was originally adopted, which is a passive... Um, Passive rebelliousness is like you think that I'm just going to listen to hip hop and, yeah. and take drugs. No, I respect myself a lot more than that. So I'm going to wear a suit and I'm going to wear a tie and I'm going to be proud of myself and I'm going to be proud of my heritage. And what we've actually seen is that um, I wrote an article for the Times about it and then got contacted from a documentary uh, company in France. It aired in France on the 25th of March and three weeks later, Kumbula were on the front cover of uh, Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. Now, we are actually setting trends. Mm. We are, are laying it out there in terms of music, you name it. And, and this is what I love to say to my local retailers and manufacturers. You don't actually have to look. Yeah. Beyond what's happening here because Africa is really where it's at. Mm. Wow. I feel like the world is kind of looking at Africa. Everything that I've read lately, it's all just like we're looking at Africa. We're waiting to see what you guys can do. It's like the world wants us to, to, to achieve. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I mean, it has been said by mm-hmm. economists that, um, that Africa is going to be, have the largest economy, um, more than the US and, and Europe combined by 2060. Wow. wow. So, you know, if you want to make money, <laughs> no, you're in the right no. place. <laughs> but, but Nicola, what I found so strange, because, you know, I studied abroad and I worked abroad in the fashion industry. So from the fashion industry coming, because I, I had to come and launch um, Kerry Castle's um, brand in South Africa. Yes. And the first thing that I looked for was, you know, the fashion houses that you'll find in New York City and in yeah. L.A. And, you know, just that showroom little space so, like, buyers and people can come. Why is it that we haven't adopt we haven't adopted yet, you know, where you can find all the designers in one particular space? I think it's because we've had to make things up as we've gone along. We haven't had the same exposure to the fashion industry than other countries. Um so it's it's 
it's a very African way that we've gone about things, yeah. actually, because we haven't had easy access. It hasn't been easy for the fashion industry in general. So we've been kind of building it as we go. But now with, with the kind of new generations, um, sort of going overseas, yeah. exploring what's going on there, um, and observing and coming back. With that knowledge, and I think that's the the pivotal point. There is they're coming back. Yeah. So your your countries that are are colonial are, are sort of they're going and studying in in Oxford or in London, and and your francophone countries are doing Paris. Um, and they what what's so interesting is they're going over there, gaining the knowledge of fashion or gaining the knowledge of architecture or whatever, and then coming back yeah. to mm. Africa and bringing that knowledge with them and. The, the geographical boundaries are, are breaking and, and that's really why, um, we're picking up at such a fast pace. Nikolai, it's so interesting that you say that. Um, wh- do, where do you see the future for African fashion? Because obviously there's all of this input coming from your, um, expertise. We obviously feel that things are starting to kind of fall in place um, and things are starting to be a bit more clear and people are starting, Africa is starting to say, yes, this is us and this is our own. Yes. Where do you see the future for African fashion? In I mean, we're already seeing it in in the demand of individuals in Africa. We we don't want to buy the fake stuff. We don't want to buy into someone else's culture. We're going, you know what? We're actually doing just fine. And we're starting to embrace our own aesthetic and, and, and the rest of the world is trying to tap into that aesthetic and we're going, uh, uh-uh, if anyone's going to do it, mm. it's going to be an African. And I think we're starting to take great pride in, in, in being ourselves. And I, I mean, we're a new country, specifically South Africa, if you look at it, we were basically 20 years old. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the freedom that it is, um, which is very similar to Berlin. So we, experiencing the same kind of creative momentum as Berlin is, where we're starting to be creative in our own capacity and with our own aesthetics in mind. And we're rejecting the auto-exotic gaze, which is really the Western's perspective of what Africa is about. And we're going, you know what? Africa is many things. It's not just about beads and yeah. and safaris. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 so, it's so true, Nicola, because... Um, when it comes to um, the textile too, I think you know us creating our own um, textiles. I think we're on that level too, where we can say that we are now um, producing our own textiles. Absolutely, I think the point of differentiation for young designers is the fact that we can't get access to a lot of um, fabrics. So the point of differentiation is in in print. And developing your own print on fabrics by digital printing. And, and so print has become a large part of our culture, um, from a heritage perspective and from a contemporary perspective. Excellent. Wow, everyone, this is so exciting. We are here in studio with the lovely, fabulous Nicola Cooper, trend analyst, and, um, we are going to be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Uncensored. On radio. If you just tuned in, you're listening to the Fashion Lab on Cliff Central. I'm Kayla Stamble and I'm in studio with my gracious hosts, Lizza Gumba Regisport <laughs> and Moe Peterson and obviously Nicola Cooper. 
We're holding it down at Cliff Central from 1 till 2. And uh, just a reminder that you can tweet us at Fashion Lab AF and all our other social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn is all Fashion Lab Africa. There we go. <laughs> Nicola is the type of guest that she has to come onto the show regularly yeah, because she I agree. speaks so well. And I think when when she goes, you actually sit and you 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 you're so into what she's saying <laughs> that everything becomes a little bit so silent. Like, yes, Nicola, tell them. <laughs> 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 it's because I used to be a lecturer. It's like you schooled now. Yes. I actually wanted to take notes. I'm like, is this appropriate for me yeah. just to take some some notes? Do you see why I felt the need to like go through stuff? I'm like, okay, okay. I just need to see if I'm if I'm on if I'm still on the right track. <laughs> no, it's been so fabulous having you on the show, Nicola. And like I said lightly off air, um, I've learned a lot as well. I mean, when people say speak of a trend analyst. Yes. It just sounds so confusing. And even for someone like me who's been sitting in the industry for so long, you'd think I would be able to sing a song about it. But <laughs> we've definitely learned from the school of Nicola Cooper right here yes. <laughs> with us in studio. And it'd be nice to also just share with our listeners where they can, um, how they can reach you and how they can contact you, where they can get more information about you. Um, I really engage on, in social media. I invite stalkers. <laughs> uh, I, say that, I say that lightly as I've just gained a legit. Legitimate one. Um, it's at Nicola Coop on Instagram and Twitter, and it's Nicola Cooper Trends for my business Facebook page. And if you want to be my friend, friend on Facebook, it's just Nicola Cooper. <laughs> I think that's what I go to. I'm like Nicola. I'm like, let me engage with that. Oh, that is so funny. That is so funny. Um, Nicola, I know that we would. Um, I know that the. The world is growing at such a rapid speed right now. Absolutely. It's just, I feel like some of us can't even keep up. I myself can't even keep up. So how important is it for businesses to have someone like you come in and actually do what you do so that they can get themselves to the next level and make sure that they don't fall behind or fall? Because it's so easy these days. Like as quickly as you can grow, that's how quickly you can fall. You can fall behind the pack. Absolutely. I think it's very important um, to bring in someone that focuses uh, on the ability to research and be able to unpack something before you go forward with something. And a lot of the times I encourage young starter uppers to rather invest money in research and development mm -hmm. of a product before they actually throw a lot of money into it and start hemorrhaging because it's not selling or because it's not the right time. So in, in most cases, and it's also trying to lead local manufacturers and distributors as well as international um, distributors and, and retailers coming into a country to actually understand the South African and larger African market. Yes. Because if you don't understand... Um, you are not going to sell. And at the end of the day, it is business. And at the end of the day, it's my job to assist you in making money. Nicola, I'm so glad that you said that, that it is business. I think a lot of times people come into the industry and they think it's about the glitz and the glam. And I think yes. that's why this platform is so phenomenal for people to understand that this fashion is like any other business, but it's it's a very difficult business you yes. know, to break through and to understand. Here. Absolutely. <laughs> Here you go, guys. I mean, for those who are listening, again, lines are open 0861 You can reach us. You can join our conversations. You can also get us on Cliff Central on the WeChat. 
you can also later on, because we are about to exit, reach us on fashionlabafrica.com and you will find us there and we will have some fabster moments with you guys. This is Nicola Cooper in studio with us, the Fashion Lab team. It's been such a pleasure having you in studio with us today. And before we go, we've got a very little fun last segment that okay. we normally like to <laughs> kind of just ease us up. <laughs> After sitting in the school of, of Nicola Cooper, yes. we want to kind of just ease up, have some fun, eat some lollipop and go home. <laughs> so we're going to ask you to join us on this. So it's basically just um, a little segment called Who Would You Who Would You Want to Dress? Ooh. And Who Would You Want to Dress is, it could be for your own reasons. Everyone have their own reasons as to why they pick who they pick. And I think that um, I normally start with someone else, but I'm thinking maybe we should start with you or should we give you time and start with someone else? Give me time. All right. Come time. straight to me. Me. All right, I'm always last. There you go. Who would you want to dress? So I was thinking about it, and I really want to dress um, Trevor Noah, um, because Trevor Noah is. I look at guys that love looking after themselves. That loves, and as Nicola was saying, you know, that we wear our tailored jacket and our tailored pants, and we have our ties and our bow ties and our pocket squares and our lapel pins. And he's just a perfect candidate for me because that is who I am. And I think that who his personality is. Hashtag uh, Mo's Bows. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Mo is really coming yeah. in with a business aspect of things. Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so today I'm going a little young today because, you know, I'm always on the other end. Today I want to say Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. And I tell you why. Firstly, because she looks 12. And it's really awkward for me when I'm watching her perform <laughs> and she's like sexy and she's wearing all these little outfits. And I'm like, but no, you look like my little sister. And I think that especially since I break up with Big Sean, I think it's the perfect time for a full transformation. I think she should actually just cut that hair. I think I just want to take her ponytail, snip it <laughs> off and just give her a whole new look. Mm. And scream like an American <laughs> Indian. <laughs> Kella's just feisty these days. Feisty. Nicola? Right. Oh, goodness. My, I would have to say the average South African man. <laughs> because, you know, there's only so much beige to go around. And, you know, I really, really... I, it's time for an overhaul, guys. I... Up your game. Your women are upping theirs and it's about time. Um, yeah, the whole kind of rugby shirt, those kinds of elements on a date. Oh, eh, eh. <laughs> no. Um, I think the average South African man needs a little bit of style. Very true. Very true. Wow. (laughs) I have been thinking between RuPaul and Wendy Williams, but I think I'm going to go for Wendy Williams. But I'm wondering, can we in this segment of ours also add in like situations with the plastic surgery and all of that? Can we can we add that into the dress mode so that it's not just a dress? Okay, I'm going to go for Wendy Williams because I find her very odd looking. Can we first get a breast reduction? That's what I was going to say. I'm like, I want to dress her, but I'm like, is it the dress that's bad? No, I don't think the dress is bad. Yeah. She just looks, she looks odd. And she (laughs) always wears that dress that I would wear. I mean, I have hardly anything. I've got Wanda Brown and you can hardly (laughs) see anything on. So I'm thinking maybe Wendy Williams, but in a different dress or we need something needs to go. Either that, for those of you who can see, we're showing some different part of the body, but that needs to go in or we need to get her in. Another dress. D- d- is it only me or does I she hear look you. I feel like nothing quite works on her. Like when I see her, it's like, 
it's really cute, but then I'm I'm so focused on her breasts, and I'm like, what is happening over here? And she's so tall as well, so it's odd, and she's like really tiny. She's not like a big, you know, woman. I'm just like, what is happening? I and I love say, watching I the wind. I will not say anything show. because I'm the only guy, yeah, so I, I'm going to keep quiet. <laughs> but thank you so much to all our fabulous Fabsters. It's been an absolute pleasure and for us to come into studio and just to sit down again and dissect the business behind fashion. We had amazing guests with us in studio. It's been an absolutely phenomenal afternoon. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bizu, thank bizu. you. Mwah. Bye. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com.